Good morning or afternoon, wherever you uh, may be. I'm Rick Woodham with Tagit, and thanks for listening to another installment of our Digital Game Changer series. For those of you, this is your first time to join us. Well, welcome. And for the rest of you, welcome back. These podcasts are really provided to expose you, the listener, to different views about what's happening in the world of digital banking. You know, there just is no one way or one right approach to digital that works for everybody. Uh, but there are some general commonalities and approaches that work for many banks, right? And it's our hope that with each of these podcasts that uh, our guest is able to kind of provide you with one or two of these, what I call sort of nuggets uh, that might help you in your particular digital journey, right? I mean, the reality is it's a fast-paced environment and uh, I think having additional data points is always really good. And, and that's part of our mission at Tagit is to really kind of work with banks to really help define those strategies uh, and implement digital solutions. So I can tell you that today we're joined by Rachel Freeman, who is the Chief Growth Officer for Time. Time Bank is really the first digital bank in South Africa, and they've got 4.8 million customers now. Quite curious uh, to see how that, that has worked out. Uh, and they hold a banking license for the Philippines for GoTime. Uh, Rachel is an experienced and internationally recognized financial expert, particularly in the areas of financial inclusion and innovative financial technologies. Rachel's previous experience has been heavily involved with digital technology, customer acquisition and growth, fintech collaboration. Quite pleased to have Rachel with us today. So, so welcome, Rachel, and thanks for joining us today on the Digital Game Changers podcast. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. And, you know, it's really interesting to see somewhat all the different podcasts that you've done and how you've built Tagit. It's, it's quite exciting. Yeah, we've been quite blessed to have some very interesting, and I'll even use the word unique for a couple of our guests in the past, uh, but we've had a good time with it. So are you okay to get started with a few uh, questions? Sure. Sounds great. Good. So, so listen, uh, you guys have been quite successful in South Africa, right? So uh, what's driven your success uh, in that initiative? Yeah, well, we're really happy with how things have gone in South Africa. So Time is a digital banking group, and we design, build, and scale digital banks. So Time Bank in South Africa is our flagship operation, and we have the fully commercial bank license. It's not a digital bank license, it's a commercial bank license. Okay, we actually good. have our developers, are, we have about 300 developers, they're all in Vietnam, which is why one of the things that we've been thinking about Asia, we're so close to the market here, and I'm based in Singapore, as with the kind of the headquarters of Time is in Singapore. Hmm. So we have, I mean, we're about to hit 5 million customers, which is super exciting because we launched the bank in February of 2019. And I think we've been successful because we've stayed really true to some key uh, kind of mantras or tenets that we believe in. And, and the first one is that there's an old Sufi saying that says, you can only walk from where you stand. And we yeah. really meet people at their digital journey. So we don't assume that people are digitally savvy. In South Africa, Thailand, you know, uh, Singapore, Philippines, everybody uses a lot of social media. And there's this concept, oh, you have a smartphone, you have a phone, you're digitally savvy. But actually, people are not so uh, convinced about using digital means for saving their money or being a store of value. And mm. so you need to actually meet them and handhold them on that journey. So our onboarding mechanism is quite interesting. We have digital kiosks and grocery stores. You can walk into the grocery store and open a bank account, full bank account, in under five minutes in South Africa, get a Visa debit card, it has your name in it. And then we have ambassadors in the stores that help you understand how to use the account, how to download the app, how to use all the features that are there. And then they help you actually activate the account. We have cash in, cash out at the grocery store till point. So 
it's almost as if you're going to a teller, but we've done this all in the grocery store where people go. And that's so, so you've got a bit of self-service. You've got yeah. kind of the digital presence and you've got a physical presence through, I guess, what traditionally would be known as sort of agents, I guess, right? Yeah, but that's, they're not agents and that you actually, they don't help you do the account opening. They just right. help you afterwards because what we think is that, this is one of our second kind of tenants is nobody wakes up in the morning and thinks, yay, I get to go open a bank account today, right? You've obviously so, met my dad. So. <laughs> yeah, no one does that. So you need to manufacture that. And that's why we pick the grocery stores because you're thinking about transactions, you're thinking about buying something. It's part of that. So you go in, they're already in the mindset. And then we have these ambassadors and they explain how things work. So typically when you open a bank account, you go into a branch, either you fill out a form or someone else fills out the form and it takes about 45 minutes and they hand you your debit card and they say, mm. you now have a bank account and you know nothing about how to use it. So we tried um, with our ambassadors, they actually explain and do more of education and training. It's not more like an agent. They don't do services for customers. They help them. And the ambassadors all come through job training programs in South Africa. It's often their first job they've ever had. And we pick them because they're quite outgoing. They're from the local community and you can always go back to them. So in some ways, it's almost like having a private banker in that your ambassador mm -hmm. is going to be in the same place at the same time, all the time. So you can mm -hmm. ask any question. So, so Rachel, um, that, that really sounds like a bit of a hybrid, high tech, high touch kind of approach, right? So, so sort of walk me through that a little bit because it sounds like that you have uh, uh, and, and it does make me smile, especially when I made the comment about my dad, because he was really high touch, no technology, right? Uh, but it but came from that generation where you went into the branch to visit. And in your model, it sounds like you've got really that way of, of helping some of those less digital savvy users on board as a customer, and then allow them to really leverage and learn about how to use digital. So how does that sort of high touch approach work for you guys? And, and is that the kind of model that you want to replicate in other countries as well. Yeah, so, you know, when we, most people think about digital, they think about an app. And, but actually when we think about digital, first and foremost, it's about all the processes. We have no back office, no most middle office. We are only about 250 people in South Africa. So that's quite we small. We have more developers bank than bankers. We have more developers than bankers, it's true. Wow. And, because what we believe is all of that should be digital. So all those processes are all digitized. There's no paper. We hate paper. We don't even have pens in the office. So it's quite different. But we do believe that people actually like people. We believe that people like people. And they like learning from people. So that's why we've inverted this, where most a lot of institutions have kind of a cool app, but they have just all that paper and processes in the background. Mm -hmm. We believe that you digitize the back end, but you, then you put people where people like to be with other people and make that work. And yes, this is what we're planning to do for the Philippines. Um, with the Philippines, our joint venture, it's a joint venture, go time, between time and the Go Conway group which includes JG Summit, Cebu mm -hmm. Pacific, uh, Robinson's Bank, Robinson's Retail. I mean, that whole huge kind of operation that is the Go Conway Group. And yeah. we really connected very deeply with them because they have these retail stores and we can then bring our digital kiosks to those same retail stores and do the same type of model in the Philippines that we've done in South Africa. Now, actually, when you think about our customers in South Africa, 
80% of customers have come in through the kiosk. It's amazing. I mean, when we started, we didn't know what the ratio was going to be. And we thought it might be more even that people would download because you can download and onboard through an app. But actually, people really like this self-service operation. It's very standardized. It's not like you have to download an app and then figure out how to hold a phone to take a selfie and all those other things that can be sound easy, but actually can be quite tricky mm. to get in the right position. Now, we don't have any of that. So that's why we fill our kiosk. And now we actually have mobile kiosks. So we take them to, in South Africa, to church congregations, to large employers, to taxi stops with the ambassadors, and now even into government offices uh, because there's large government grants that are coming out. And that's yeah. a new product we have. So, so Rachel, the Philippines is... Um... I mean, obviously, you know a lot about Asia, right? And the Philippines is really a, a perfect example of a country with a, still a fair amount of underbanked or unbanked, right? Uh, especially out into the provinces, to some degree similar to Thailand, right? Um, uh, and, and so this model sounds like it might work pretty well as an extension of the, the brick and mortar sort of concept, right? Yeah, so I mean, when we look at the Philippines, you actually have a lot of people who use the e-wallets, like you know, some of the wallets have 40 million people. So there is penetration of the wallets, but there's not full banking services and there's not what we consider high quality banking services. And that's what we can bring in and we can bring this in in a very low cost way based on our technology. Yeah. So in South Africa, we are significantly cheaper to operate and thus our products are significantly more efficient mm -hmm. and cheaper for the customers than the other more incumbent banks. And we see that we'll be able to do the same thing in the Philippines. So if you combine kind of ease of use and ubiquity of being out in, you know, grocery stores that are all over and also they have pharmacies, the same thing yeah. in the Philippines, and then combine that with a pay as you go, quite an efficient and low cost approach in terms of pricing. We think that this model will make a big difference in the Philippines. You know, when we talk to people in the Philippines and say, it would say, what do you want from a bank? They don't even know how to answer. They don't even understand the question. Mm -hmm. And we think our ambassadors can really be very helpful with that. So a so little bit of a deviation from some of the questions we had talked about, but I just had a little bit of a thought. So uh, I hope you'll bear with me for a minute. So if I were uh, listening to this podcast and I work in a bank today, you know, one of the things the traditional banks have, have really strived to do over the last many years is to really have that hybrid approach because they have all the brick and mortar. And, and frankly, they've probably not been as successful in that as they would like to have been, right? It never really occurred to me to take a digital bank and start from the other end and work your way up, right? Um, do you believe that the approach you guys are taking really does have a bit of an advantage over some of the, the traditional banks and how they've approached a hybrid uh, blend? And do you think any of that's related to legacy technology kinds of things? Yeah, I mean, if you look at incumbent banks, there's legacy everywhere I mean, in terms of the size of the number of people working there. You have all of the different kind of back office, middle office functions. All of that is, is based on legacy, uh, yeah. on legacy systems. But then you also have and if that brick and mortar is quite expensive and it's just not necessarily where people want to go. That's what we want is we integrate it instead into retail stores because actually retail is where people like to go. And if you look at kind of, there are lots of things that people talk about digital with the pandemic, 
But one thing mm -hmm. is every time every country opened up, everybody rushed out to go yeah. to places. And as we say, people like going to places where, you know, they transact stores, all types of kind of retail really is gets more exciting after the pandemic. And we've really benefited from that. Um, I think that what a number of incumbent banks do is first they think, you know, we'll just have a really interesting app and people can download it and use it. And then we'll just put that on top. And really, right. I think you need to just make a full change and you see and have a different mindset uh, from from the beginning uh, right. when you launch this. Though there are other pieces. I mean, of course, for us, what's quite important is cloud. So we really cannot operate unless we can use cloud uh, in, a, in a country. Yeah. So that's number one for us. Like when we're thinking about countries, one key piece is will they allow cloud and will they allow, we, we're hosted on AWS. Right. And so we have to have AWS to make it work. Otherwise it's not worth us for us to go into that country. So, so that's a good transition into uh, focusing a little bit on the technology side for just a minute. So, so uh, if, if I'm a customer and I've, I think the statistic of 80% coming through the kiosk is pretty interesting, right? Uh, but once they're onboarded and they're using your app, um, talk to me a little bit about sort of the, what do you believe you have some technology advantages on that side? Uh, talk to me a little bit about the UX experience. I mean, uh, again, if you're kind of in that hybrid approach where you're really using your ambassadors to help people get started with the app, uh, talk to me a little bit about sort of the technology side of that and the drivers of that. And do you guys think you're really innovative uh, on the app side of things as well? Yeah, so so we run a microservice platform. And if you actually look at our kind of the tech stack and how it works, we are look more similar to a media company. I mean, our tech stack probably looks more similar to Netflix than to a large incumbent bank. And it's we've we've integrated a number of different systems together uh, to make this work and keep it quite efficient and you know very strong, robust system. Yeah. Lots of cybersecurity. Uh, you know, but what we we did all that, but then what we thought was very important is that the app is quite like like people in South Africa, data is expensive. So you don't want to actually have a really heavy app that's going to drain everybody's mm -hmm. data. So we've made the UX experience is quite simple. It's really easy to use and it's really not data heavy. And that's one of the things that people really like. You know, we're bringing out a number of new new products and services. So in digital banking, we really believe that digital banks can only manufacture a certain amount of products. But what's yeah. important is also to bring in a number of third-party products. So we've worked with insurance. We just launched uh, Time Health, which is health insurance uh, through the app. And this is all through third-party uh, relationships that we have. Also, you can buy anything inside the app that's sold digitally. So, you know, mm. gaming vouchers, Netflix vouchers, Subscription isn't as common in South Africa. So we have all of those bus tickets, utilities, top up, all of that is, is in the app as well. But actually what we're doing right now is, and we think 2022 for us is the year of the sole proprietor, or actually we consider it the year of the side hustle. So another thing that happened during the pandemic is lots of people started to do some form of side hustle. Some of those yeah. side hustles became full hustles, right? But there are a lot of side yeah. hustles. And lots of people are selling through Facebook, Messenger, Instagram, TikTok, and they need payments. They need to learn how to do that. And we've brought in a number of different uh, kind of services 
to support these social sellers. Uh, and yep. that's something that we're really excited about. Uh, we've also launched the soft pause, which is instead of the point of sale machine, you actually have the point of sale on the phone. And so you can just click the phones together. So we just launched as well soft pause. So instead of having the point of sale machine, you actually have it on the phone and you can click the phones together. And that's another really exciting, really proud of for the sole proprietors. So, so Rachel, uh, again, it, coming to mind, right? You know, building out a banking system is more than just digital, right? I mean, you've got to have yeah. the accounts, all the stuff that goes with it, right? So, so did time take a blended approach of buy and build, or did you build everything from scratch? I mean, I suspect there are people who are kind of wondering, so you've got 350 developers, are they all digital? Are they core? Are they, so can you talk a little bit so, without giving away the farm about yeah. how you guys have approached technology? So we, uh, what we do is we build, we integrate. So we have a number of different, you know, uh, vendors or part- partners that we bring in, and then we build the integration. And this, we've done this so that you can actually, if there's something new that comes in, we can t- usually take something out and then put back another piece. Okay. So we are, you know, we're hosted at AWS. Our core banking system is Mambu, and uh, we use it in quite a thin way. And then we have a number of other vendors, and then our you know, we have developers who work solely on the Mambo or developers who work on IDM US or developers who work yeah. on other of the systems. Got it. And then we build the integration. Okay, um, got it. Yeah, so we, and one thing that's quite interesting with us is that we, we believe that technology should be expensed and not amortized. Um, this means you never get too attached to any piece of your technology. <laughs> you keep building. And actually, we've built more of the bank since we launched the bank than we built before we launched the bank. So it's a constant building process every single day. So it really, really reaffirms that really software as a surface kind of model, right? Yes, yeah. I mean, it's so, in some, you could say that time, the technology group is like software as a service to time the different time banks that we yeah. have. Yes. Well, and I imagine you get a lot of leverageability, uh, I would think across that as you, as you move into, into newer countries, right? Yes. So let me sort of round things off with, because uh, you made a comment uh, a few minutes ago about uh, how many partners you work with today. You mentioned health insurance mm-hmm. and, and others. Uh, one of the things that seems to be a common thread in many of the podcasts that we do are people who talk about sort of that overall ecosystem uh, that, that banks are trying to provide. Because the truth is that, you know, um, uh, meeting people where they live a bank can't do that without help, truthfully, right? Right. Uh, so yeah. it does require whether they're yeah. fintech partners or other partners. Yeah. So can you talk to me a little bit more about uh, what it means from a digital ecosystem for you guys and, and enhancing your customer's experience and what that means from a, a partnership perspective? And what do you believe are now table stakes for the banking industry for that? Yeah, I mean, I really feel like integrating into an ecosystem is table stakes for for any bank. And you know, we're very fortunate in the Philippines to be working with the Go Conways because they are a huge ecosystem. And what they've done is they've actually integrated their whole ecosystem and through their rewards program. So you can be on the same rewards program for the airline, for the retail stores, and we're going to be able to integrate into that rewards program as well, which is going to be quite exciting. And we have a number of new things we're going to be doing by integrating in with that rewards mm. program. But just having that full, very large ecosystem with the malls, the retail stores, you know, different equity investments they've made into fintechs in 
in the Philippines, uh, Cebu Pacific, all of that means that we're really just part of one, a big, large ecosystem and really can then bring the bank out through that whole yeah. ecosystem. And I believe that that's a huge kind of advantage that we have for the Philippines. So we are thinking about country three. And a couple of days ago, we did announce that we applied for our third banking license, which is in Pakistan. Now, Pakistan doesn't have that same kind of huge group for like we have for the Philippines. So we're going to be have we're building that kind of piece by piece. But our key point when we went in our first couple of trips to Pakistan was to think, what is the ecosystem and how do we want to integrate into various groups there so that we mm. can actually have quite a large footprint when we, you know, let's hope we get the bank license first and start. Yeah. To, we If we get the chance and they're so honored to operate in that country, that we can do something, you know, similar that we have in the Philippines. Well, so uh, I'm going to make two statements that I'm probably sure are not good statements to make on a podcast. But, you know, historically, uh, banks who have been part of larger ecosystems have never done a good job of, of leveraging those ecosystems, right? Uh, it's always been a bit of a waste for me to, to watch that kind of standing behind, right? Um, and the second thing is, I look forward to the day you may uh, make an entry into Thailand. We were talking earlier that I'm in a very small uh, town in Thailand at the moment, uh, and my mother-in-law, and I love her dearly, right, uh, still takes my electric bill to the 7-Eleven or to the electric shop and and pays it manually, right, uh, because it's just easier for her to get on her motorbike and do that than to try and figure out how to do it uh, digitally, right? So there, there's certainly, and that's in a country where payments are hugely automated at the moment, yeah. right? Yeah. Thailand is very sophisticated uh, from a payments perspective, but there's still a lot of that that goes on. Well, this has been fun, Rachel. Uh, very, very enlightening. Uh, I hope our listeners uh, sort of uh, thought the same as well. Sure, appreciate the time uh, today. Well, thank you. And I look forward to, you know, maybe one day we will have a kiosk and an ambassador close to your home in Northern Thailand. That would be Yeah, sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Thanks very much, Rachel. Thank you.